All right. Welcome back, guys. This is Derek Kirby, and this is the Kirby Create Podcast, a new podcast formerly Feeling Dangerous. Still like that, still have an affinity for it, but I wanted to sort of rebrand its direction a little bit and do a lot more interesting interviews, talk both inside and outside of sports. And, uh, you know, in this case, like as is the case today, we're talking with James here, wanted to talk about some real mental health awareness stuff, kind of talk about our stories a little bit in that regard and how we've managed through this. Cause it's, it might be a little bit different, I guess, with us doing YouTube and all of that, but it's not like it's unrelatable stuff. It's not like it's something foreign in that regard. So I think it's important to, to be open and honest with that so that everyone can kind of understand and relate to the fact that these are all stuff we've had to deal with and this is how we manage it. So first, James, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm like I said, I'm pretty good. You know, uh, the weather's cleared up a little bit out here. It was, uh, you know, the snow hit out, hit y'all out there. Yeah. Asking how y'all was doing because y'all got killed out there. We, like I said, we had a, a snowstorm, but it was almost like them things are normal when, when they come. It's almost like second nature. So, you know, just it's, it's back warm again, back on the grind, you know, just everyday living, taking it step by step. Yep. Yeah, that uh, that storm definitely put us in a bind for a couple. I mean, really, just for that one week. But it was two mm-hmm. storms that hit back to back. And the the organization that manages that ERCOT was saying they said today or not today earlier this week in a statement that the grid was four minutes thirty seven seconds away from like a complete collapse where millions would have been without power for months. Wow, so that's how badly it was set up and then managed. Like, I'm glad that they pulled it out of the fire, so to speak, even though that's the opposite of what was happening with a snowstorm, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they were able to resolve that at the last moment without that happening. But there's definitely something that needs to be looked at there regarding the the system itself and its vulnerabilities that made itself so susceptible to something like this. But Right, right. Yeah, so hopefully everybody is doing better. I don't know that everybody's got power back yet. I know in some cases that stuff was going to drag out for a while as they gradually brought that all back in. But on the chance that you're actually back up and running again and able to join us today, appreciate it. Thanks for giving a listen. But yeah, so we're going to dive into... Uh, some, Some just talk about general mental health in that regard and kind of our struggles in that regard, how we've managed it. And James and I have been talking about doing this for a while, actually. I think a few months we've been talking about doing it in some capacity. And it it just works out now that I, I feel like, for me personally, I feel like I'm probably in the best mental space that I can ever really remember being in, thankfully. So I'm very happy about that, that I can report that for myself. But it, it's definitely something that I had to kind of figure out some things and how to manage it. And to, cause I think it's a constant thing that you have to do. Like I was always terrible at managing my mental health and practicing self-care. And so I just kept, you know, piling everything onto my plate and eventually I would break physically, mentally, whatever. And, uh, it was not good, not good at all for me. So, uh, for me, that's something that the closest I had come in years past to managing it was I would take this annual cabin trip in January, go off the grid for like a week. And it always did me good. Mm -hmm. But where I struggled was bringing it back with me because usually I would get back. And within a matter of days, 
I would be kind of slipping back into this negative headspace as far as stress and anxiety. And I mean, really within a week, I would be just as lost as I was essentially before I even took the trip. So James, well, what has your experience been regarding that, um, regarding mental health and everything, whether it's YouTube, just life in general, whatever? Uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty much, I dealt with it pretty much all my whole life, uh, managing my mental health, um, is, uh, you know, YouTube, I, I don't, I won't say, I don't know if it made it more stressful. I feel like it maybe did because now there's expectations maybe now, uh, you know, before when you just live and there's normal expectations that you put on your regular life. But now I guess you're going live, you're talking to other people on a daily basis. You're trying to push um, projects. You're trying to get things done. You're trying to make moves. It just becomes stressful, you know, on that end, uh, more, you know, mentally stressful uh, because you're always trying to manage family, um, that job, because I'm still working too. Um but I would say the mental things like mental health, like when people say mental health, um, I'm not going to lie. I never, ever wanted to talk about that kind of stuff mm. because of the label, uh, you know, basically mental health people. When you heard mental health, it was like, oh, them is crazy people. You know what I'm saying? Like them is weird, whacked out people and I just really wouldn't look at it like that. Uh, but then when I started really dealing with it in my own life, depression, uh, depression really kind of hit me hard in a lot of different phases of my life. Um, basically, because when I was growing up, I was a single child. So it was always a thing where other people like had like brothers, sisters and stuff like that. So I always felt like it was just always me. I kind of didn't. I liked it at times, but I didn't like it because I felt like I couldn't really express myself. You know, when I was with my mother, we had a good relationship when I was younger. When I got older, kind of got split up. And my mentals where I felt like there was no outlet because my father wasn't never really in my life when I was younger. So I was honestly craving for some direction, not from her. Um, And I wasn't getting it. You know, I was going to church when I was younger, but I kind of grew up in it and I was just kind of like, I'm done with that. So I didn't really want to deal with that part. And then while I was in there, I had people who I kind of was saying, I said, well, if I'm going to get into this, since I got to go all the time, she's making me, I might as well try to get into it and try to maybe find a mentor. I looked at a couple of people that I thought would be mentors and basically things happened. I'm not saying they let me down, but I felt like they did. You know what I'm saying? I'm not the one to cry the blues, but the certain situations where it did. So it was kind of like, who do you trust? You know what I'm saying? When you start seeing those type of things besides your friends that you or what every day, like in school and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you get out of high school, you know, I just kind of just wild out. You feel me? Like I just kind of just think, I think that's where the mental health really started coming. Cause I started, once I got out of school, I just kind of just, I stopped caring about stuff for, I just didn't really care about anything daily working, those type of things, but I ain't really care about anything. So I just got into whatever. And I think it just uh, compounded uh, the depression. Cause I was trying to figure out who am I? Right. What yeah. work do I have? Yeah. No, that that's a major that's a major difficulty that a lot of people deal with. And there is it's getting better now, but there has been a long-standing stigma against mental health. And if you express that, it was seen as somehow a personal failing or a weakness. 
and it, it keeps people kind of suffering in silence. And I'm, I'm guilty of that as well. Um, you know, in, in my, my lowest, absolute lowest points that I had in my life weren't long ago at all. Like we're talking mm-hmm. two, two and a half years ago. Um, you know, even in the middle of the time that I've known you and I've just, I, I kept it in, like I would have these moments where I never wanted to say that I hated myself, but I think, I think that I essentially did. I was essentially viewing it from the perspective of, you know, we, we all have our insecurities and all that. I, I understand that. The reason I didn't want to say I hated myself is because for what it's worth, I always have felt like I had a lot of potential. But I think where a lot of that negative feeling towards myself came from was I questioned whether or not I was good enough or capable or whatever to actually realize that potential. And I, I've told you before, like I, I always have this fear of being the guy that had a million ideas, some of them really good, but never actually like seeing them through, never actually realizing it and living up to what potential I feel I have. And so I, I kind of grew to resent myself a little bit. I would have these drastic swings from soaring ambition to crippling doubt. And more often than not, it was, you know, hovering in the doubt side of the equation. And it, even if I got really gung ho about something I wanted to do within a day or so, I had basically talked myself down or scaled my expectations or anything like that. And I think I was, I think I was doing it from a place of stress and anxiety. Like I was afraid, like, well, what if I do it, but I'm not good enough to actually do it well, or, you know, it fails in some way. And then it's like a reflection on me or something. And so I I basically was sabotaging myself and I had to kind of realize that I was putting this this kind of power in the hands of these negative feelings, like regularly, I was essentially letting them drive the direction of my life dating back shit into middle school, at least like I operated from this point of even the good stuff I did a lot of times were driven by like fear and anxiety of not being good enough or something like that. Like there's, I'm not saying every single thing I did, but a large percentage of things. And I didn't know how to function outside of that. And for me, what really started to kind of turn a corner recently, uh, you know, I I went through last semester was like the most brutal thing I ever had to deal with. uh, As far as I had the full-time job, full-time school schedule, part-time professional internship. That was another 10 or 15 hours a week and a newborn baby all to take care of at once while trying to, you know, do the whole, be a good father, be a good husband, manage your own sanity, however possible with whatever time is left. Well, as it turns out, there wasn't much time left. So I just kind of had to to get through it. And I remember uh, we spoke early on in that semester, like three or four weeks in, and I was already almost coming unglued. I was not managing it well. Um, And I didn't know if I was going to survive it, let alone um, live up to my previous standard of really good grades and all that. And part of it, I think came from just the fact that I did kind of surprise myself. I did get through the semester and I did keep my straight A average and everything. And so a little bit of that kind of 
led to some confidence in that, right? You're like, well, I just went through absolute fire and came out seemingly unscathed. Well, not unscathed, my mental health took a beating in that, but I got through it and I thrived in that window. And so that, that gave me some confidence, but even then, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't fully, um, through it in terms of like, okay, well now I can manage things better. It was just kind of like, okay, well I got through that. Let's just see what happens. That should be the worst, but I'm sure other stuff's going to really test me as well. And when I had that annual cabin trip this year, I was like, okay, this is a good way for me to get away, but I always struggle to bring it with me. Like the lessons back with me a couple of years earlier, I had gone on the trip and it, I thought it was like this eye opening, like, life-changing thing as far as I found this mental clarity and felt like I was really, really for the better. But as I said, I, in the days upon coming back and especially the weeks, I just went right back into the bad mental state. And my mistake I made, I realize now was that I put sort of the, the kind of power of that, like healing as far as like my mental health and everything, I, I put the significance of it and the power of it in the setting it's great to go out to a remote cabin and be able to unplug for a week. Again, I still highly recommend it. Um, but I realized what I was doing out there, even though I didn't really understand or appreciate that's what I was doing at the time. I've basically come to realize like, Oh, I was essentially like meditating, not like the cross legs, palms of the sky, like, Oh, <laughs> nothing like that. But it was essentially like I cleared my mind. I just continued to kind of take slow, calming, deep breaths. And I just, if, if my thoughts drifted, that was fine. But I kind of brought myself back every time until eventually something kind of clicked. And once I found that clarity, I was actually able to kind of get to the root of a lot of things, plan out sort of how I wanted to move forward with, you know, this new kind of career and path I'm trying to carve out and all of that. And so this time when I went and I kind of realized like, oh, that's what I was doing. Like, I don't have to only do this there because if, if we're talking like something I can do in like 10 or 15 minutes a day, just this kind of self calming, more or less meditation. Well, I can do that anywhere. I can do that at any time. And so I, I brought that kind of back and implemented it into my routine. And now I've been doing it close to two months uh, daily, but sometimes even a couple times a day. And it has actually really helped that finally stick, I feel like. Like I've calmed the voice of that stress and anxiety that plagued me my entire life. And um, I can't remember if I was talking with you about this um, a, a little while back or not. I almost feel like I'm a different person now because I've been driven for so long by these negative thoughts and feelings and this just kind of like resentment towards myself that now that they're not, it's not like I did away with them. It's just that I stopped like giving the, giving them the megaphone, if you will, to really influence and steer my life. And so now I'm able to kind of regulate my own feeling and emotion a little better. I feel calmer and without that negativity barking in my ear all the time and me actually listening to it and believing it, it's allowed my confidence to kind of grow as well to the point now where it's like, it's the soaring ambition, but I don't have the pendulum swinging back the other way telling me like, oh, I'm not good enough. I can't manage this. And so it's been a real difference maker for me since I came back. Like just something as simple as that, like 
15 minutes a day, just kind of quieting everything down, breathing. And it's just like your body calms down and it kind of forces everything else to calm down. And then you can just kind of relax. Like, it's not like, it's like restarting the system when it gets overwhelmed, if that makes sense. So instead of just grinding and grinding and grinding while you're already on burnout, you kind of reboot a little bit and then it gives you just a little bit more fuel. And as you stack up the days of that, doing that regularly, and at least from what I've seen, it, it seems to make a huge difference in the overall picture. Yeah, I mean, everything, you, uh, I think the main thing why I'm, I'm hearing where you're taking back from that is, I can say I've been incorporating in my life. I still have my um, blowups because uh, I'm a. Uh, I will say I'm a. I'm an emotional person. I will. Uh, my I do wear my emotions on my sleeves. You will. Uh, you will know when you look at me. You're gonna know what's going on. Like I. Don't, I can't really hide stuff. Like you're gonna see it's written all over my face and type things. But what I. What I said. What you were saying about that is what I tried to incorporate. I, and I felt like it has been positive for me. Uh, um, on a more daily basis, uh, I would say probably since a month ago, I tried to um, just started, um, like you said, speaking positivity, positivity to myself, mm-hmm. um, telling myself that I'm a good person, telling, telling myself that, you know, pat my own self on the back, you know, praising myself today, because a lot of times we, like you said, we feed the negative of I didn't do this, I didn't take care of that. And then it starts to, you start to live that way because the power of mind is a very strong thing. People who aren't sick can start saying they're sick every day and then eventually they will get sick. Mm-hmm. You might have a little injury, but if you keep just saying it hurts, it hurts, it hurts, and you don't really, and then the injury becomes worse because the mind is taking over and the body is following it. So um, what your mind says the body does follow. And if you continue to positively tell yourself uh, good things, um, and I've been talking to myself out loud too, especially like when I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. I thought that was weird at first. Like, why am I doing this? But I said, man, I don't care if it's weird. I'm just going to talk to myself out loud. And things I might deal with, I talk to myself out loud about them. I I, I don't suppress them because that's what I used to do. I just saying I would suppress it. So every time I suppress, the anger would build up from the suppression because I'm not dealing with that issue deeply. I'm just face value and then it, I put it away. You put seven um, things on top of one, now it's eight. And yeah. the next person who might be around you or anyway and I might just all of a sudden be feeling kind of way because I might be thinking about those things. You know what I mean? Because I think mm-hmm. a lot. And then next thing you know, it just explodes. So that's what I'm trying not to do is suppress my thoughts and just speak on them like immediately or speak on it right there. And also I try to like, I don't know, DDP. I'll try to explain it. Like when I, sometimes when I know I'm getting angry, I try to, when I know I'm about to snap and say something crazy. I'm trying to now, and it don't work all the time because I'll be snapping. But um, I try to be like, okay, please, I'm trying to do this the right way. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I try to apologize for it because, and then it'll try to maybe bring the anxiety or things down. Yeah. Because uh, it helps me. And when, you, when I'm doing these positive vibes, I feel like it'll help me like when I do a show or, you know, because that's stressful. You know what I'm saying? I haven't, as a stress, people don't understand that's stressful. Okay, right. even though we ain't doing on a level of 105 to fan or, you know, we are radio DJ every single day, we do have an audience. Mm-hmm. And 
you have audience now. And um, I mean, you are an entertainer, no matter whether you say it or not, you are an entertainer. You're here to bring knowledge. And, you know, it gets stressful because, you know, just to talk about this right quick, I don't really look at the other people as like competition. I think it's just all a great thing, but I guess the competitive nature in you, you start putting self pressure on you. Right. Like, dang, I'm not really doing that. They doing this, but I know I can do it. I'm good enough. But why is this? You know what I'm saying? I started mm-hmm. why I, I, I'm like, it, it puts added pressure on you that I feel like it don't need to be there. Right. Because when you just be smooth and be normal and just say, it's okay. Um, everything goes smoothly, but I start putting self pressure on myself. Cause I'm like, man, I got to get this done. I got to take care of this. What about this? Oh man, I lost this stuff. You right. know what I'm saying? It gets r- real mental. So the things I've been trying to do, like you say, is bring the the talking, the happiness to myself every day. I don't have to go to uh, um, 10 buck two and sit in a, a, a monastery for 30 days and come out and say, Oh, I'm changed. Mm-hmm. You know I'm saying because you can really bring that happiness mentally every single day. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I can say why I have mental health issues as well is because once, like I said, I never figured out who I was. Mm-hmm. What did I have to offer the world that bothered me? You know, because I always thought, you know, God, things will think like, why am I here? And I'm like, why am I exist? I'm just waking up, going to work. Cause that's, this all this is. And then the, I start getting depressed because I'm like, man, I'm just getting up and going to work. I'm not nothing. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm nobody. I'm just, I'm nothing. That's what I was, and that's where the depression would come, DDP, yeah. when I would tell myself, well, I'm nothing. I don't got really nothing off because I'm just going to work. Come on, I ain't doing nothing. Right. Um. So that's when I started trying to involve myself, like in the sports things and try to get the negativity away. And then one last thing, um, you know, when my, my son was living with me, that was a lot of pressure. And I, mm-hmm. I can honestly say that my son graduating did help tremendously because that was a lot of pressure to EP. You, you about to feel all of it. You coming right into it. You man, you got a baby girl. So you really bought a boy, two yeah. boys. So it's totally, it's a whole different world. I mean, I'm doing that right now. Um, well, you know, with her daughters, so it's, it's, a, it's a different world. But, you know, that was pressure every day because I wanted the best for my son. And my son had, um, he couldn't, he had a, this thing called a proxy. So he had uh, underdeveloped speech. So my son wasn't even talking until he was like four years old. Hmm. So my son got held back his first, in first grade. You know, it was, it was bad DDP. You know, I was taking him to speech classes. It was, I was sitting back looking at him sometimes like, man, is this going to be the rest of your life? You're like, is this what it is? And that was, I was not mad at God or now I was just frustrated. Like, dang, this is the way it is. And, that was, and then the back and forth when you do split up and then my son was living with me and the pressure of, man, I got to provide for him every day, man. I got to take care of this every day, man. I got to do this. I'm not doing this. Does he think I'm this? What about these other parents that are doing this for their kids? And I ain't doing this for my son. I mean, and I don't have the money to take care of him for that. Is he going to think I'm a terrible dad? Is he going to say, man, you suck as a dad. We, you ain't got nothing. You know, I was, that was killing me DDP because I couldn't provide for him. I was taking care of him, but I couldn't provide for him like I wanted. And I felt, I felt miserable. I felt like nothing. Uh, because I was, but he would reassure me, oh, it's okay, dad, you go to work, I watch you, you go to work, you take, you always hear from me, this and this, and that'll make me feel better, but the pressure of that, one to always do good for your child and wonder what they're thinking, is huge. Yeah, no, absolutely, and 
Yeah, it, it's very important, as you said, to kind of speak positivity to yourself, to try and be, I guess, more gentle with ourselves. Because in my case, like I said, I was I was always really hard on myself. Even if I accomplished something, I would either be quick to minimize the significance of whatever I had accomplished. Or if like, if I set a goal and I said like, Hey, I want to do this within the next three months. Well, if I did it within any time in that window, like let's say like a month and a half, two months. Well, now I'm looking at it and I'm saying like, Oh, well, it was clearly more easy than I thought. Therefore let me actually move now the goalpost to a further goal. Like this should have been what I set initially, but I didn't set that. Well, now if I don't meet that goal, that new marker I've set, well, now, I, rather than reflecting on the initial goal I accomplished that I had set out for, I felt like I failed because I didn't meet that new goal. And sometimes in, in certain situations, I might have obsessively been moving that goalpost multiple times. Uh, an example of this was before uh, before Sean and I got married, uh, I, I wanted to lose a bunch of weight, wanted to get in the best shape of my life because I was insecure about looking back at wedding photos one day and not being able to look at myself without disgust. And a lot of this is just like body dysmorphia stuff, just like making it worse in your mind and feeling like that's what everybody sees and that's what they focus on. And so in, in a six month window, I went basically psycho obsessed. I was working out six days a week, multiple times a day. I dropped 55 pounds and added 25 pounds of muscle. So do the cumulative math in six months, like insanity. Right. But I also fucked up my back. I broke right. my body one month, exactly one month before the wedding. I severely herniated two discs in my back. Mm -hmm. And I had doctors telling me that I should get back surgery and that I was probably going to need a second surgery within a few years. And so now I'm looking at like, it's a month before my wedding. I can barely walk right now. And I got a doctor saying I'm going to need two back surgeries before I'm 30. My mom and grandmother have both had back surgery. My mom has physically never been the same. She mm -hmm. has daily pain from her back surgery. And I know not, you know, she had hers years ago. It's all moved forward. I get it. But that terrified me. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. So I spent 10 months physically rehabbing, going to cryotherapy, chiropractors, 10 months to get it. I avoided surgery, but in that 10 months, I couldn't work out. And so I fell back into all my bad habits, put back on almost all of the weight, which always stuck with me and always like another reason I kind of was disgusted with myself that I, I know how hard I worked. And then I didn't even like live it out for like more than just barely a year, probably. And, I, and I, I hated that. I hated that. But I also, until very recently, didn't acknowledge that I went about it in the wrong way. Like, I, I, as I said, I, I was obsessed with losing weight. And it wasn't just for myself. It was for, you have certain family members who are less subtle. They're kind of judgmental about stuff. And they'll make like a shitty little comment every now and then that gets under your skin. Mm -hmm. And so like half the time when I was working out, I was fixated on like wanting to prove them wrong. And that was yep. what I was using for fuel. Yep. But in that obsession, in addition to just like pushing my body to the point where I broke, I, I was more or less starving myself. I was having like a protein shake for breakfast, uh, lunch. I was eating like a 200 calorie, like protein pack. <laughs> and then for dinner, I was having like salmon and brown rice right. for like six months. And so I dropped a bunch of weight and I added a bunch of muscle and that's great, but I was 
wholly unhealthy. My weight might've been fine. I might've looked okay, but like my body just was not built up like it needed to be, you know, as far as nutrients and everything. And I think that's why my body broke that the taxation I put on it and not uh, taking care of myself the right way. And so I wanted to do that better. And so that's something that this time around, I, I am fixated on like, all right, I'm going to treat this in, in a healthier way. I'm going to try and do it. Like I'm going to work out. I'm going to do even like a little bit of like dynamic resistance, like yoga, like uh, DDPY, um, that sort of thing to build flexibility, core strength and all of that. Cause I have to now, as a result of that previous injury, I have to always care more for my back and my core. Uh, otherwise I'm going to fuck up my back, even just doing like bench press or something, you know, it just screws right. up on me. So it's, it's been a, a, I don't know, like a slow process. Cause I have had good progress in the last like three months. I'm down like 25 pounds again, but I'm going about it in a way where I don't feel weak. Like I'm eating better, but I'm not starving myself. And I'm, I'm working out pretty regularly, probably four or five times a week, but I'm not like pushing my body to obscene limits where I can't keep up and my body's going to break. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad about that. And it's another thing that kind of paired with the sort of pseudo meditation thing I was talking about works great in terms of kind of opening up, um, opening up things a little bit, getting loose and limber and then just breathing deep and everything like it it works well, but you mentioned as well, um, you know, the, the whole thing about speaking positivity yourself and I not wanting to move the goalposts or anything like that. I I, I almost got away from my point. I brought it back now, uh, (laughs) how in the preparation for the wedding, I set an initial goal weight. I reached that in the first month of that six month window, I dropped like 25 pounds, like in just the first month. And I reached that first marker about three weeks after that. Well, then I moved it another marker, another like 10 pounds or another like 10 or 15 pounds. Well, then I met that. And then I moved it again and I moved it again. And even though I had met all these markers along the way, these four different milestones, any of which I would have been happy with at the beginning because I failed, even on my wedding day, I failed by like less than a pound to reach a goal I had, which again, I talked about how much I lost in that time. I failed to meet that goal and it, it, I didn't let it like completely destroy me. Cause at that point I had basically already ruined myself. Right. I was already aware of like, I may have taken this a little too far, but I, I was annoyed by it. I was bothered by it. And I felt like Oh, I wish I had gotten just a little bit more. Like, I wonder if that back injury, which kind of took me out of the fray, especially that last month uh, before the wedding, if that, if I had been able to do it, would I have met it? Probably. And so uh, part of me is thinking like, you know, oh, why couldn't the injury have come later? If it was going to have to come, why couldn't it have been later? And I'm like, well, that's kind of stupid defeatist thinking because it doesn't matter when it happened and you already did everything else you set out to do. You just... Mm -hmm. You rather than taking enjoyment in your victories, you found a way to dilute them and or dilute them until they mattered nothing to you, and that's toxic as well. So, it's a uh, it's very difficult to kind of manage these things and to feel like you've got purpose. You know what you were talking about with wondering if every day you just wake up and you go to a job that you don't care for and you're just kind of getting by. Like that was something as well that I had to struggle with at one point where before I started doing Dallas prospect, I, I got married. I bought a house. I was fortunate enough to be in a position for that. And then probably four or five, six months passed. And I just felt like I was just in like a rut. 
Like I, it's not that I was unhappy with the new life I was, you know, building my marriage or anything like that. I just, I, I was wondering like, man, you know, I go to work, I don't like it. I come home, I watch TV, eat dinner and we'll talk and we'll go to bed. Like there, there's nothing to this. And I'm a creatively wired person where I was like, I haven't been writing in a long time. I haven't been, uh, you know, at the, back then I didn't do YouTube or podcasts or anything like that. And so I was just like, I felt like I didn't have an outlet. And, uh, so I had previously written for a sports site and, you know, that was, that was good. It was good experience, but the site fizzled out and I just kind of stayed away from it. Like I was like, all right, well, I guess that's done. And I had a friend kind of encouraged me to go back that way. And eventually, you know, fast forward that led to Dallas prospect, which is great. Cause that gave me sort of a renewed sense of purpose, at least in, in terms of creative outlet and kind of has shaped obviously the direction of my life moving forward. Mm-hmm. But that, that search for purpose and the, the importance of, you know, kind of speaking positively with yourself is crucial because if you're not doing those things, then you do what I inadvertently did and build up this resentment towards yourself that then compounded with feeling like you don't have a purpose kind of just eats you alive. You feel like, you know, that that's when you get to a point like trash. Yeah. You're like, well, what am I doing? Am I just a warm body here? And do I have any value or anything? I felt like I was incapable of doing great things because I was, I was stressed about it. I was anxious. You know, I I had all these things that made it where I was. Have you ever been, have you ever been suicidal? I've never, no, I've never been suicidal. I've had, I've had the like entertainment of the thought, not like in the sense of like a plan, not like me, like thinking like, Oh, this is what I'm going to do. Or maybe I'm going to do this, but like the, like the hypothetically speaking, almost like the, it's a wonderful life thing where you're like, what would people think if I wasn't here? That's that's what I've done. I've done, I've, I've done where, if I died today, how many people would really come to my funeral? Like who would, would anybody really even care? Like, would it really even matter? Would anybody even just be like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, damn, James died. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I've wondered about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, did it, like, but I'll be honest with you. Like, when I was younger, my mother told me, I never had suicidal thoughts. I just had those thoughts like you. Mm -hmm. But my mother, I kind of scared me too when she was like, you know, I was going to church. She was like, nah. She was like, anybody commit suicide, they're going to hell. Because you ain't you ain't in it. It ain't for you to take your own life. So Mm -hmm. that right there, when I was young, and she kept telling me that, I was scared. I was like, I ain't never doing something like that. I don't care how bad it gets. Right. You gonna never do something like that. And I guess maybe that stuck and kept maybe kept me going. But also, uh, I feel like what's helped me also go uh, um, keep. I'm not gonna say conquer this mental health thing, but because it's a daily thing. Mm Because if you let it slip, it'll it'll jump creep right back on you. But what I will say is the one thing that has helped me through this time in my life has been my will. One of the things my mother told me when I was younger, she said, one of the things you got that I don't got, and my mom's a really strong person, she was like, your will is stronger than mine. You can't break your will. Like, you you, you, you put your feet in the ground when somebody goes against you, you put, your will is this. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like because of that, that has helped me DDP rise above because I've sat there and been like, man, whatever. And, but then like, after sitting there thinking, I'm like, hold up, 
I am somebody, man. Come on, dog. Wake up, man. Don't stop doing this to yourself. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, or somebody. You 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 do have something to offer. Like like I said, and I didn't want to get it from people because sometimes when you try to get it from people, it just that that that's real bad. And I've sometimes I I mean I, I know I I did had this search. Who likes me? Right. Who really likes me. Who's really my friends? You know who can I really call and reach to? Because it was times when I picked up the phone. I said there ain't nobody I can really even call. Mm-hmm. There ain't nobody I can really call and really want to talk to and listen to me. And, you know, that's a that's a that's a messed up place. You know, sometimes when you feel like I don't have nobody to talk to. Um, but once again, I think you have to tell yourself positive things every day. You know, you must tell yourself positive things every day when that negative creeps. You have to tell yourself, I am somebody. I do mean something. I do have something to offer. Um, I, I, I have a talent that I, I, I can give. And when I think when you really start telling yourself that, because it helped me when even when I got into this media thing, because one of the reasons DDP, like when you were talking, I wasn't doing any of that stuff. I was always involved in sports, coaching, playing, you know, reading, scouting on my own, just doing it. Um, and then it was kind of like, I, I let me try this because I'm older now. I ain't right. 20. <laughs> you feel me? And those things too, DDP, I'm saying all these things come into mental health. I'm almost 50 years old. And you know, when it's creeping, when you feel like you had jobs and you had good ones, but you're here now and you're like, damn, I, what have I done? I mm-hmm. like feel like I wasted a lot of my years and I'm almost 50. Like I got to take care of things. I got to handle my business. I got to take care of this, this, and this, you know, my pension, you know, for 401k, all that stuff is real. And you know, I didn't feel like my ducks were in order with that or in a row with that. So that's the, pre- the all those things EDP attack you and you like you have to be able to say, OK, it's OK. Mm-hmm. I can do this. It's OK. And instead of just being like, oh, my God, I got to you just got to really take that deep breath and say it's OK. It's yeah. OK. I can do this. It's all right. You got to really t- tell yourself that. I mean, because that's how I've made it because there was times I didn't have nobody else around me. But I'll also say one other thing, too, DDP. You got Shauna. You got a really good woman in your corner. You know what I'm saying? I got Bootha in my net. She has helped me. Even though we have had our spats and go through our things, mm-hmm. I can't say that has been a person that has been a friend where I can feel <sighs> kind of they say, Yeah, vulnerable. Let your hair down. Mm-hmm. They see all of you mm-hmm. that nobody else does. So it, it also helps because it helps you. I, I can't, I don't have the word for it, but you, I think you kind of know what I'm talking about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, it may, it means everything to have that person in your corner. And, uh, you know, it, when I was at a low point, I would, I, I kind of used as like a, a crutch of sorts, um, a coping mechanism. I, for a while turned to alcohol mm-hmm. and it's not like I don't drink now. And it, the way I always rationalized it was like, well, I never drank to excess. I never got like blackout drunk, shit faced, whatever, but I'd have anywhere from two or three drinks, you know, just to kind of calm my nerves, mm-hmm. but it was an almost everyday thing. Yep. And I rationalized it any way I had to, but I was aware that I was trying to chase away my problems without dealing with them. And on the occasions when those drinks would hit me harder and I would get a bit buzzed by it, 
those were the moments when I felt the most alone because usually when it would happen, even if my wife's in the room and my wife's a great supporter of mine has helped me tremendously in a number of things, I would feel alone because I didn't want to let someone know that I was struggling, whether it was a friend, a loved one, whatever. I didn't want people to know I was struggling. And I can't tell you how many times I typed up text messages and then deleted them without sending how many times I wanted to reach out, but I felt like shame. I felt mm-hmm. like I was somehow weak or that they would look at me differently if they knew I was struggling with this. And then other times, if I actually did send the message, you know, it might be like midnight or something like that. So I go to bed and I wake up in the morning and the first thing I see is a message from them. I felt shame then because then I'm like, Oh God, oh, why did I send that? Like, I, I like at that point, the, the sharpest edge of my distress has passed. And so I'm like, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. And I wish I hadn't said anything about it, you know? And it's like, it's not like I, I, I was afraid of how I would be viewed. I was afraid I was somehow uh, coming across as weak or soft. incapable. Come, come across as soft. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Like, I feel the same way, DDP. Come across like you don't want to tell people. I don't know if I say I have an image. I just... I don't think I do, but you know, people are kind of look at you one kind of way and then you don't want to be like, Hey man, you know, like, uh, let's keep it real. Like our conversations, me and you have, they've been real deep conversations, man. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's funny. Cause when we both talk about when we kind of opened up to each other and o- unloaded things, we kind of picked at it right quick to see if, Hey, big, big game. Or is he feeling this? Let me just, yeah. let, and I'll say like, Hey, uh, Hey, what's going on? I'm good, man. I'm kind of dealing with stuff. Talk to me. You feel me? Like we right. kind of, you remember how we would just kind of yeah. throw the little tiny things out just to see right. oh, he does care. Okay. Right. We can talk about this. You feel me? Like that's where it really broke the ice when we were kind of throwing the little tiny things out. Like mm-hmm. hey, I'm kind of going through it today. And then remember, even when we had our deep talk, when I was like, Hey, I don't, that ain't for everybody. No, unless you want to know, we ain't gonna tell everybody. But just like when I was just like, "Hey, man, dog, I'm here for you." It was just like, "Bro, I'm here for you." Like mm-hmm. somebody to listen to or just unload. I'm here. That that's a huge thing for mental health as well because it it, it makes you <sighs> right. Okay, yeah. somebody else is dealing with this too besides me. Yeah, sometimes, and then that's one of those things too. Like there, there's all kinds of different varieties. There's the times when you need to actually talk with someone and actually need advice. And then there's other times where it's like, you just need to know that you're not the only one dealing with that Mm -hmm. struggle Mm -hmm. where it's just like, you can talk to someone and just like spill your guts about everything. And then that person, all they have to say is just like, I know, man, I feel that way too sometimes. And you're just like, Oh, you understand. Like that's all you needed. That's all I needed. Yeah. Sometimes that's enough and that's all it is. It just, it just depends, man. Sometimes you, you really want someone to try and coach you through it, analyze, reassure you. And they, you know, you need a longer conversation in it. And other times you just need to be heard and then have someone basically say they understand and that they've been there too. And that's, it's enough. It's like, it, it's, it boils down to essentially like, yeah, it, it's crucial to have people that can be there for you and that can help you. But there's also the element as well with self-care that self-care. We've, we've talked about as well, where you got to be willing to do that yourself as well. Yeah. Like in those moments, like even now, like even with as much improvement as I feel like I've made in the last couple of months where suddenly I don't feel like I have this dark cloud hovering over me and I'm actually able to look at this and say like, 
you know, I feel like I've been doing really good lately. I've been making a lot of positive change and I actually want to see about like other little things I can like add into my routine. Like one thing uh, I adopted was uh, like a two day rule. And so there's these different things that are good habits I'm trying to build every day, whether it's essentially like the meditating thing, uh, the, the, the working out, whether that be an, like an actual weights lifting or yoga, just to kind of, you know, build core strength and stretching and all of that. Uh, another thing I've taken to is journaling a little bit. Cause I feel like sometimes it's easier to be honest and open with yourself in that regard. But like, I have these things that I want to do and I try to do them every day, but I understand sometimes life gets messy and it gets in the way. And so I have a two day rule, which basically says if I didn't get to something today, like let's say I didn't get to yoga or something today or working out. All right, fine. I'm rolling that over into tomorrow. And that's the first thing I'm going to do. Like that's my top priority tomorrow. And so like you give yourself a little bit of leeway while still kind of holding yourself accountable because a, a different train of thought is the don't break the chain thing where like every day you do this goal, you like put an X on the calendar and you don't want to break the chain as it grows. But that's so inflexible that at times you're like, Oh man, if I broke the chain after X amount of days, it's almost intimidating to start again. Cause I was so far. So by a two day rule, giving yourself just that little bit of buffer, I feel like it's easier to still stick to it without like intimidating yourself from it. But anyway, the, the point of that is like, I'm, I'm trying to do that, but it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm above or no longer having some kind of stress or anxiety creep up. The difference is I've learned how to manage it better and still hear like the positive, like if it, if it creeps up, we talked about earlier, kind of taking like a deep breath and just kind of calming yourself. I'll do that. I'll sit there and I'll just kind of take a deep breath, hold it for a moment and just release it. And I've been doing this enough days in a row now where it might only take me doing that once. Other times it was like, I had to do that for, you know, 10 breaths or something to kind of calm myself again and be able to operate as before. But you, you just find these things that you can kind of assure yourself with where it's not, it's not just about not attacking yourself. You want to build yourself up. You have to ultimately like yourself and be willing to fight for yourself if you want to make the change and go where you want to go. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's what I try to do. Like I remind that's myself a step one. Yeah. I remind yeah. myself anytime I'm doing this, like, even if it's a simple thing, uh, just a, a general idea of something could be like, I'm capable and I'm worthy even just something like that, like something very bare bones, basic, you can interpret it, apply it to whatever you want, whatever. But even just something like that, reminding yourself of that, it, it's, it gives you room to kind of just feel like, all right, well, I'm human. It's fine if I have these struggles, but it's good that I learn how to deal with them so that they don't become like roadblocks. For me, I had to figure out eventually that the thing standing in my way of everything I wanted to do and, you know, whether it was getting control of my own mental health or like where I wanted to go with like my own creative career that I'm trying to kind of forge, I had to realize that I was the thing in my way. I was the person in my way. It, you know, yeah, school's difficult, works my day job. I don't love it. It's just something I have to do for now until I get everything else I want to do in line. Those are challenges. You can navigate challenges, but if you're there in your own way and you're basically more or less kicking dirt in your own face and saying that you're not good enough to do something, even if you actually feel a little bit of ambition building up, then you're not going to, you're not going to be well enough to actually go anywhere or do anything. And that was the biggest, I think the first thing that opened my eyes before I even went on the cabin trip 
was I realized like, I, I realized that I realized I was the thing in my way. And so I started making a point of if I ever caught myself doing that, I would step out of my way and say, well, what if I didn't think about right now, you know, all these things I can come up with about like, oh, I'm not good enough. I don't have the ability to do this. This, oh, I don't even know how I would go about doing this. Rather than beating myself over the brow with that, I basically said, all right, well, what if I don't focus on that right now? And I just allow myself to actually try to explore this or actually work on it or whatever I want to do. And that alone was really empowering. Like that, that freed a lot of the stuff. If I just stopped listening to the negativity that I was casting towards myself. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing. The, the negative things and the things you speak say, they say the things you speak is what you become. And I keep going back to that. When you just keep telling yourself you're this and you're this and you're this, and you keep telling yourself your, your mind, your body, everything will train itself to be what you keep on speaking. I feel like you are what you speak. Now, when they say you are what you eat, you are mm -hmm. what you speak. Yeah. You speak this every day of this is what I am, or this is this, this, you eventually will become that. I mean, I just, I've seen it time and time again. So, the, really the power of positive speaking to yourself if nobody else is around speaking positive things to yourself always saying it's okay if you didn't get this done today it's okay yeah okay. get that done tomorrow because uh, that when you start putting that pressure on yourself i didn't get this done that's where i feel like the doubt the depression the self-hate those things started creeping right back in and um, until you unless you tell yourself it's okay it's okay. Yeah. And do that today. But guess what? We'll hit it tomorrow. I feel like if you tell yourself that out loud, your body and your mind becomes more stronger. I know when I say it to myself out loud, I feel more positive energy within myself. I become warmer on the inside. Mm -hmm. My brain ticks a little bit different. I start being like, yeah, okay. And then uh, positive things start coming and then goals that I probably wasn't thinking about before all of a sudden start jumping in my head again because I've created positive energy. And, and positive things in my brain because I said, it's okay. Yeah. Um, you, can, you can still do this. And I think saying it out loud, not saying it to yourself, I, I think saying it out loud really does help. Say things out loud to yourself because it does, uh, I think it brings strength. Yeah, I, it absolutely does. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I'm also an only child. You mentioned that earlier that you were, um, or are rather. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I've always talked out loud to myself, but it's because I didn't have anyone there. Exactly. So exactly. I, you, you're the only you, person there with you. Friend. Are you going to sit in silence or something? Or are you going to, you know, talk out loud as you do stuff? Yeah. And then I became a writer later on. So it's like, sometimes when you're writing something, you can read it and it sounds all right. But if you read it out loud, you're like, Ooh, that does not sound good to the ear. Mm -hmm. And so it just kind of furthered, uh, as I, as I kind of took on that hat, so to speak. Right. But yeah. It, it, what you, what you say about yourself, you allow yourself to believe over time. And I remember in the lead up to Harper being born, my daughter, I had so much fear in me, not for like, Oh, am I going to be able to handle this parenthood thing? I felt like I was not mentally well, like in the sense of like the stress and anxiety and everything that I was self-hating and everything and I was worried that if I didn't get myself straightened out before she was born, that I was going to be a negative impact on her in some way, that the damage that I feel was done as I was growing up was going to continue down the line. And I was just like, that, that terrified me. And in fact, 
you know, because of COVID and everything, we didn't have anyone at the hospital with us when she was born. Uh, it was just Sean and I. And the the first time I the first time I held her, I did have that like whispering, fearful thought in the back of my mind of like, you're not you're not good enough, and you're going to screw her up. And like that almost brought tears to my eyes, like then because like I was just like it was supposed to be like the happiest, one of the happiest moments, if not the happiest moment of my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm literally in the first minute afraid that I'm going to fail. And so I made it a real point and she's eight months old now, but I've made it a real point to try and practice self-care. And I'm like, it's not even just about me anymore. It's about like everyone around me, my friends, my wife, my daughter. Like I, I have to put my best self forward because I don't want to be a negative, you know, a negative um, impact or experience for anybody. And that that's one of those things that now, like, I I feel like the best version of myself so far that I've I've ever realized. And I feel better. Like, I feel like I can actually interact with her more at length. Like I can be sillier and not worry about like, am I doing this wrong or am I doing enough? It's just, it's different. Like it's one of those things that once I finally kind of shut out that voice and I understand like your thoughts are not your feelings necessarily. Like they pass, you notice them and you kind of step back and you say like, okay, I hear what you're saying. Uh, I don't believe you, (laughs) but uh, I'm going to focus on this guy over here because he's more positive at least. Mm -hmm. And then uh, through that kind of reinforcement that you were talking about, like you kind of start to repair your own uh, viewpoint of yourself. And so I've really been trying to do that. And I feel like it has been incredibly gratifying and positive for me. Um, I'm, I feel you like those things that we've talked about, I mean, hopefully um, other people can hear it. Um, uh, let other people see that it's, it's a lot of people that go through it and it's still a stigma and that's why a lot of people and i'm gonna say one last thing about it mm-hmm. also you know in the black community um <clears throat> i think it's real i, I don't know I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not not white i'm not another race but i know it's strong in the black community with mental health mm-hmm. because it's really you know you know when you're growing up whether if you're in the hood or anything like that you're supposed to always be tough always supposed to be tough all you know what i'm saying you ain't never supposed to tough and and you know I think a lot of black men have a, a problem saying they love each other, you know, saying they can give each other a hug uh, because we ain't low key. Like back in the day, yeah, but it's like now it's like going away. It's almost like you ain't like, what? I ain't mm-hmm. doing that. And I feel like it's brought up barriers. And I feel like a lot of, you know, men deal with, you know, those issues because um, black men, because it's like we ain't taught to, you know, um, ever show no weakness. We ain't never taught to show anything. Mm-hmm. But, but toughness. And if you show any kind of weakness, if you shed a tear, anything like that, you soft as hell, you weak, right. you, 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 you're lame. And, and a lot of, I know for a fact, a lot of black men keep that inside because of that. And I know it's, it's tough in our community. And that's why whenever I'm, you know, around my, my brothers, I do try to tell them I love them. And, and, and I can tell, I can also sometimes feel the awkwardness, like they don't mm-hmm. respond back. I had a friend of mine, who every time, you know, we leave each other or we talk, he's always like, be careful. Take care. Be careful. Yeah. Be careful. And I'm like, just going down the street. He's like, be careful. Right. I'm like, um, okay. Uh, but I would 
it got me thinking like, man, that's just really positive to me, you know? That's, and so then it had me being like, whether we had a, the phone call or anything, hey dog, be careful. Right. And it had me, not just him saying that to me, it had me doing it to other people now. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people that are away from me, if they leave or like driving, hey, make sure you be careful, be safe out there. But it's because of what that one person was speaking, that positivity to my brain, it, it, it reacted in a good way to me. And I, you know, returned it to somebody else and it made me feel good within myself. So yeah, I, I look at little tiny things to try to build on when I feel like I am being negative to try to come back into a positive light. Cause I don't, I know when I get, when I, when I get negative, unless I snap back and start talking to myself, I'll go deep in there. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't, I hate being there uh, at times cause it's not fun. Um, right. And you don't feel good in there in that place. So it's, it's, I just try to hurry and try to quickly get out of it by speaking to myself positively to make it a better day because yeah. you do control the day for real. Like, when they say, the when you wake up every the, day, yeah, yeah, it's not it's not everybody else. You can even if somebody having a bad day with you, you can really control the whole situation. Yeah, and that's I think what we got. I got to get to a place where I've seen people DDP, and this is mental health. I've seen people. Where I'm like, damn, they good. They go through all kind of stuff, and they just same way, mm-hmm. same way, same way. I I, I was like, I want to eventually get like that in my life, and that's what I'm trying to work to. Yeah, uh, positivity and all that is infectious. If you can be positive and supportive in that way, and it is still pressing back, and as you mentioned in in the black community for sure, uh, against like certain social stigmas and all of that that have formed against it, and it's it's not a good thing. Like you, we need to be able to, you know, be open. And I, I understand like there's reluctance to be vulnerable in some case, cause no one likes to feel vulnerable, but it's not just about like, well, I don't want to be seen in this way or something like that. It, it's more like, it's more trying to connect in that way where it's like, you know, this all builds and builds and builds. And then if I'm insecure about them seeing when it spills over or something, whether that's something that builds up into like an outburst of anger or depression or something like that, it's like, it wouldn't have gotten to that point if I had been more open along the way, if I had alleviated that. And as these feelings built up, I processed them and dealt with them. And and whether it was talking with friends or family or whatever, but you sort it out along the way. And then it doesn't build to that point where you even have to worry about like, I don't want to look super vulnerable or something like that. Like, all right, well, if you're afraid of that, then do it along the way. Like, make it so that like do it in small doses. Even if you're, if it, if the tank's already full, do it in small doses, just to let it a little bit of vulnerability here and there, just openness, not even vulnerability per se. And you can, you can work against that and kind of manage it where at the very least you're not building towards a breaking point or a, a mental breakdown or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but it's a, uh, it's definitely a, a major issue that needs to be talked about more. I've a couple of times on the channel, like in like the community tab or something like intimated enough, if I was having like struggles or something and saying like, you know, I want to talk about this. I want to bring more awareness to it, but like, I left it at that. And then like, that's okay. But I, I felt like I wanted to eventually actually talk about it because while I'm not comfortable necessarily being open and, you know, saying even as much as I've said here in this, it, I feel like my willingness to be open 
can help maybe connect with someone else who might be going through something to any degree similar. And so it's like, all right, well, what's more important, my being a little uncomfortable or my potentially and making any kind of positive change or even just letting someone know like they're not alone in thinking or feeling that way about themselves or whatever. Like it's bigger, I guess, than just me is how I'm looking at it. Like what, what matters more, my insecurity or helping them? Well, I tend to, you know, different or not differentiate, like defer to other people and their well-being more than myself, which, you know, I, it's okay to be a little bit more focused on your own well-being, but it's still good to care about your fellow man as well as you were talking about with uh, talking with people, you know, and friends and just wishing them well and wishing them safe passage and all that. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Maybe this is something that uh, we can talk about more down the road as well. Sort of a, an yeah, update definitely. or something. And then we can just like, I mean, just talk about, you know, just social issues that mm-hmm. come out of this because a lot of things all come out of this thing that we talk about and it really honestly i think the reason why this world the way it is is because people don't talk yeah people don't talk to each other um they don't and talk that's why and they don't listen they don't that right there both mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh until that ground ever comes together there's never going to be this this equality or this happiness or this togetherness that people so much talk about but it's like they y'all really don't want it it's easy to talk about it but they don't, it seems like everybody talks about, it, but do you really want it? Because the people ain't really putting the effort to really uh, bring this, all this together. It's just like so much division now in this world is crazy. And there, it just seems like there is no togetherness anymore. Because like you said, uh, people aren't having real conversations and then um, they're not listening. So yeah. both of them. And um, I can say I fall into that like anybody else. So it's a, it's a everyday thing, DDP. And that's why I think we should do more of this because it's a everyday thing. This, this, this uh, talk right now has helped me, uh, Good. you know, like, okay, you know what? I need to be a little better today than I yeah. was earlier. You know what I'm saying? So this right there, it helped me. So I know I got to help somebody else because talking and, and, and you honestly, when you talk about it and you can look at it and see like, man, I kind of wasn't good today because you kind of did talk about it and you jumped back and you looked at it like, whoa, all right, mm-hmm. now, let me, me kind of switch this up today. So all, all this kind of stuff is all always good. And so, like you said, if it can help other people out there, um, because I know I did a show one time, DDP, and I talked about a little bit at the end of what I was going through, and mm-hmm. it just came out of nowhere. I got real emotional. I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had a lot of people hit me up after that saying, yo, that really helped me. Yo, that meant something to me. Yo, um, you don't know how much that I was going through something, and you talking about that stuff really kind of pushed me through. And I'm like, wow, dang. Yeah. Well, maybe I should do more of this. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, the the phrase I was looking for earlier that I didn't quite land on. People listen to respond; they don't listen to actually hear. So, like, yeah. they figure out real quick like what <laughs> response they're wanting, and then it's almost like they're waiting to like pick their point to get their counterpoint or whatever in. And it's not about like actually hearing. Like, you can hear someone, and then you can hear someone and actually like understand or empathize or whatever. So. We definitely need to listen more and uh, we'll see, but we'll definitely do another one of these down the road and explore more. But I think that's going to do it for the time we got here for the Kirby Create podcast. Thank you again, James, for joining me here. We'll have, to, we'll have to have you on again sometime for sure. You just open thing. Like I said, we can we can talk about whatever today. Was about whatever. We can talk about other stuff down the road. It, it's yeah. whatever, open platform. So uh, if you guys haven't already, 
uh, like the video, comment, subscribe, download the podcast every everywhere you can, Spotify, iTunes, whatever. It's out there. I've really got to figure out my wind down for when I'm talking about a podcast. I'm so used to YouTube mode. I'm like, I know, like, right? Comment, You're like, uh, yeah, right, right. Like, and and blah blah blah. It's like you robotic now, which is like, hold up, I'm not just a different platform. Can't I can't, I can't like tell that. you how many times, like, if I'm doing a wrap up for like Cheap Pop or one of those other platforms, where I'm like, and remember, always <laughs> that one doesn't work here. Or I'm like, and remember, I didn't remember to write a tagline for this. <laughs> So it's uh, it's definitely you hit autopilot sometimes in the dismount and then you're like, you're slowing your brain down. You're like, and remember, I forgot. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So. All right. Well, until next time, guys. Peace. Peace.